Hello and welcome to Parley, the Hindus' weekly discussion podcast where we get experts to deliberate on the top news issues of the day. My name is Jayant Sriram and I'm your host for today. As the second wave of the pandemic rages across India, the country's overcrowded prisons are in danger of becoming major hotspots for the spread of the disease. Dozens of political prisoners, however, mainly civil rights activists, continue to languish in prison indefinitely with no possibility that their trials will commence anytime soon. Should political prisoners be released in view of the pandemic situation? That is the issue we discuss today and I'm joined by Senior Advocate Sanjay Hegde and National General Secretary for the People's Union for Civil Liberties, V. Suresh. Dr. Suresh and Mr. Hegde, welcome to the Hindus Pale podcast today. Thank you for making time for us. Thank you for having us, Jen. So, uh, we're discussing the issue of political prisoners and whether they should be released from prison during this pandemic situation that's raging across the country right now. And so, you know, just today as we're recording, another bail plea has, has been dismissed in the Bhima Koregaon case, that's of Mr. Gautam Lavlaka by the Supreme Court. And... Um, you know, when we talk about political prisoners, there are a few prominent cases that come to mind that we know of because they appear in the media. The Bhima Koregaon case is one. Um, there is the anti-CA uh, protest. There is the Delhi violence. There's uh, political prisoners in Kashmir. But um, I wanted to start by asking you, Dr. Suresh, are there political prisoners across the country that we just don't know about? And, you know, how is there any effort to document these, uh, these people or give them legal aid? Uh, the unfortunate uh, reality is that uh, people seem to think that the political prisoners are there only with regard to these high high fly cases. In actuality, there are cases uh, involving political offenses uh, where there are people arrested in across 13 states that we know of. In fact, we ourselves were very surprised in the PUC here uh, when we started here conducting virtual hearings at a state level that there are at least about 12 to 13 states where hundreds of uh, people have been arrested and kept inside for essentially what are political offenses. Uh, political offenses uh, meaning that they have been put inside uh, on account of their political affiliations or on allegations that they are front organizations or that they participated in conspiracies of a political nature. I mean, if that is the definition of political offense, uh, there are hundreds of these prisoners and it's a pity that many of them are not known. Their cases have not come to the public eye. There are hundreds of Adivasi prisoners in Chhattisgarh, in Jharkhand. There are uh, people belonging to the minority communities in Karnataka, uh, in Rajasthan, in Gujarat, in Maharashtra, uh, apart from UP, Delhi and other places. So yes, there are many, many uh, political prisoners uh, in many of these cases, uh, in many of these states, whose issues have not come into the public attention. Right. And uh, Mr. Mr. Hegde, moving to you, um, you know, bail is repeatedly denied to uh, political prisoners uh, in India uh, today. So, you know, during this, during this pandemic situation, what could possibly be the justification for, you know, overcrowding prisons, keeping these people in prison? See, why were they arrested in the first place? They were arrested in the first place because the political executive uh, uh, headed by the respective home ministries, whether at the center or the state, said, do something about these fellows. The police then uh, just uh, file an FIR, 
do an uh, investigation in which results in a charge sheet in the meanwhile they arrest the person then uh, the arrest is defended through the courts and when particularly harsh provisions like the uapa are uh, applied then there is uh, thanks to certain judgments of the supreme court there is almost no chance of the person getting bail in the interim period now if uh, a uap a provision is invoked or if something like sedition is invoked technically uh, the sentence could extend to life so therefore the, uh, the, these people do not even have the benefit of ordinary administrative orders which have been passed which said which say that anybody likely to face a sentence of less than 7 years uh, can be released during the pandemic the the courts themselves have passed such orders uh, administrations have passed such orders but then they will not apply to the uh, to anybody who is like who may face a sentence above 7 years it's a different thing that do, that these trials do not start when they do start they end in acquittal they end in acquittal sometimes year, uh, many years after uh, the 14 years that a normal life sentence entails we we have a we do not have a system in the country we have a process and the process is the punishment itself right and um, you know during this situation for prisoners held under provisions like uapa is there any other recourse besides just repeatedly applying for bail the the only other recourse is political the uh, unless the charges under uapa are dropped the the state always has the right to withdraw charges the the state will not do it so therefore the and the moment uap or anything is invoked the the judges give it the extremely careful attention that it deserves which which tends to be to lean more towards keeping the person detained none of our laws were built the idea that a pandemic could intervene none of our laws can be interpreted uh, in a, in a manner to say that during the pandemic uh, uh, it, it, it that too will become a circumstance all that we we are doing temporarily is to suspend ordinary laws during the pandemic or say that in ordinary cases we will let go but end of the day the virus is not a respecter of uh, people of sentences or how long a person is likely to be imprisoned the virus just sees people who are uh, bundled together who are huddled together and it spreads now i do not see the logic of keeping people in prison not giving them bail risking a virus and then and and then uh, uh, letting them die without even a determination of innocence or guilt there right. has to be a, a method where the courts say that uh, in 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 uh, pandemic times you can you can uh, treat them to be continually in detention but you can release them in, to be with their families those methods can also be evolved but they have not been done right and uh, dr suresh just to uh, sort of get you in on this as well uh, i'd like 
to ask you to respond to uh, what Mr. Hagde said. And also, just to point out that uh, sometime last year, when the pandemic kind of was in its initial days, there was there was a statement from the UN also saying that political prisoners should be released first. I think this was an advisory of some sort released to various countries, but has it actually been acted upon anywhere? See, the first thing that we need to uh, acknowledge is the irony in our criminal system. Uh, to put it as an aphorism, one can say that the law defines the offense, but the state defines the offender. Which means the law may say that a particular offense will come under UAPA or will constitute a terrorist offense or will constitute a seditious uh, offense. But it is not merely what the law says. It is what the state defines. State ultimately, uh, through its political, uh, through the arm of the police, determines whether to invoke the criminal law or not. And therefore, the state uh, role becomes very important. So when the state defines offender, and that's where the mischief comes in. Now, we saw that in the Delhi violence. Now, it's a misnomer to call what happened uh, in Northeast Delhi uh, last year in February, March uh, as a riot. There was no riot. It was a pogrom. It was a very clearly targeted political violence of one set of people with the support of the ruling party uh, against the uh, minorities. Now, now, in those cases, there are enough documented evidence of uh, members of the union cabinet, uh, of uh, members of the ruling party, or egging people on into violence. But the state did not think it's important that uh, uh, these people should be challenged. And therefore, till date, they have not been uh, even uh, made accused in any case. So when the state defines the offender, that's when the big mischief comes in. Unfortunately, this reality is not taken into account by the high courts and the Supreme Court, who very well know the poor conviction rate in UAPA and so, since we are talking exclusively about uh, political uh, prisoners, we are therefore talking about offenses where the state says that the people uh, involved are people who have been seditious, working against the country, uh, threat to national security, uh, and various other offenses. Now, the, let's look at the conviction rates. The conviction rates, even by the NCRP uh, report of 2019, shows a very, very low 3.1% uh, conviction rate in UAPA. Uh, now, if you take up earlier anti-terror laws like TADA, TADA had about 1.4%, KOTA had almost uh, uh, 3%, but on the whole, abysmal uh, conviction rates. Now, the conviction rates are poor not because uh, uh, people, uh, the, the investigating officers uh, goofed up, but because these offenses many times did not actually take place. They were cooked up by the police uh, policemen themselves with the egging of the political executive and uh, these cases came to be uh, put about. Now, this has been a claim for PUCL for a long time that in uh, many of these cases, like Mr. Hegde said, the process itself is a punishment. We have been telling them that if you let people out on bail, that itself will reduce the harshness of many of these laws. Now, in a context like Corona, uh, with the pandemic that is raging all around, uh, the classification of prisoners into those uh, who are either facing trial or convicted for up to seven years, above seven years, and uh, a third category, uh, prisoners uh, under trial or convicts uh, who have been in, put inside under special laws, including the various public safety acts, COCA uh, type of law, and UAPA and sedition law. Now, this defies common sense. When you have such poor conviction rate, what is the justification in keeping people inside uh, for a long period during Corona? 
when they are absolutely at the mercy of the prison administration. Now, this issue went up uh, from Bombay High Court uh, when the NAPM filed the challenge uh, to the Bombay High Powered Committee, uh, which kept aside people as uh, political prisoners, saying that they are clearly a, uh, a covered category not to be considered for release under the Corona guidelines. This went up to the Supreme Court. Unfortunately, the Supreme Court, uh, in an order uh, dated 22nd of September, uh, I mean, uh, upheld the Bombay High Court order by saying that this classification is wrong, uh, that people who are under uh, political offenses need not consider. Now, the issue that uh, is not being taken into consideration either by the High Power Committee or by the High Courts or the Supreme Court is the fact that such poor conviction exists for UAPA and tradition um, cases, what is the justification for keeping them inside? Merely because there is an allegation against them under these uh, so-called anti-terror uh, anti laws. So there is no justification for keeping them inside. Now, the late, latest order of the Bombay High Court uh, in a PUCL uh, application before the Bombay High Court uh, records that uh, there are 241 uh, prisoners who are tested positive and that the number of, uh, uh, the more worrying fact was the fact of the jail staff themselves uh, now being found positive in greater numbers, which within a space of two weeks climbed from 97 staff found positive to 117 uh, jail staff found uh, positive. And the court also records the fact that more than the prisoners uh, themselves being uh, COVID, it is actually the staff who keep moving inside and outside of the jails who are uh, the people who are responsible for increasing the uh, COVID uh, positive rate. So when you look at it from any which angle, you look at it from the jurisprudential angle, you look at it from the political angle, you look at it from the conviction rate, you look at it from the vicious rate, there is no justification uh, in both humanitarian as also legal terms for keeping these prisoners in jail for such long periods. They should be let out uh, under stringent conditions. The courts have also recorded the fact that 95% of people who are let out on uh, interim bail uh, following last year's Supreme Court order have reported back uh, when uh, the situation had improved in January this year. So there's no reason why uh, these people, uh, prisoners should not be let out on bail. All the more because they're political prisoners they are not going to escape, they are not going to run, they are not going to evade justice, and they will not uh, commit any other crime. And they will definitely come back uh, once the situation eases to face the Right. Um, uh, Mr. Hegde, if I can just bring up an, sort of an associated issue that Dr. Suresh uh, brought up there, there is the fact that prisons are globally also, and in India, they're considered hotspots for the spreading of the pandemic. Um, there have been numerous occasions in which the courts have taken up this issue of the overcrowding of prisons. Has Have any of those reforms actually been sort of, I mean, any of those guidelines advocated actually been acted upon? Well, the courts can pass orders. Implementation lies with the administration. And if the administration doesn't implement it in, uh, in a pandemic, it is hardly likely that there will be material before the courts to, to pull up the administration in contempt or anything like that. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, all that the administration has been doing is to try and decongest the prisons. But decongestion by itself is no guarantee against non-infection. We have no idea about 
prisoners for vaccinations we uh, the congestion still continues in a large in a large portion because even where people are are uh, released on bail or on parole many of them actually uh, uh, are unable to meet bail conditions for instance the point is that unless the administration as a matter of policy relooks at all these prosecutions that it has launched and says that okay uh, where there are no repeat offenders where where the offenses are uh, re- relatively marginal where people have spent a year or two in prison it is better uh, to just close the file by withdrawing the prosecution or, or even accepting a plea bargain from the prisoner so so that they can be released into society and uh, into the slightly better safety that the outside world affords otherwise what you are essentially doing is allowing uh, the possibility of small sentences to degenerate into uh, a sentence of death within the prison walls right uh, you mentioned that the administration should relook uh, at some of these cases is there scope for the supreme court to kind of take this up suomoto though they i mean that record on this obviously is a bit patchy they continue to deny bail in many cases well uh, this wave uh, i hope and they, the the current evidence seems to suggest that we are towards the peak of the wave and the uh, numbers are coming down the supreme court is on vacation so wait till the end of june so i do not see any impetus uh, for the court to do anything like that when it reopens in july but of course if there is a third wave or something of that sort then then maybe these things can be considered okay and uh, yeah please if you were to look at what happened with uh, the case of sudha bharadwaj or kapan uh, again these are very well known cases sudha bharadwaj was said to be uh, covid negative and the but she complained and she actually fell very ill in this last 2 to 3 weeks uh, with uh, the fact of uh, inattention on the part of the jail authorities uh, this has been very well documented now kapan's case where kapan was shifted from up jail to uh, to to delhi uh, because of the order of the supreme court and even before the order had worked itself out the up police took them back right under the nose of the supreme court uh, without the order of the supreme court there now this shows the type of disdain that the uh, the executive has towards even the the, the mightiest of our courts the supreme court now if this is the type of uh, uh, attitude of the state executive political executive uh, it only shows the fact that uh, a serious crisis is there not just in covid but also a crisis of governance and the law now this the state has uh, filed a petition before the counter before the supreme court saying that uh, you have asked for all these uh, re- reports about oxygen but we will not give it to you because you are not uh, entitled or you are not uh, specialist enough to understand these things now very clearly they're copying a snook at the supreme court now i'm mentioning these things to point out that in the case of political prisoners and what happens inside jails now there is a quarantine around the jail so nobody from outside can go in there is no communication from inside coming outside 
So if at all you get to know about the situation outside, it's more by accident than by a system in place, which makes it all the more important that we need to open up uh, these jails. Otherwise, you will only have a sense of casualties, which will add to the number of COVID deaths. Now, what's the point in talking about it in a post-mortem manner uh, when you could have very easily ensured uh, that there is better care to these prisoners? Yeah, you know, example of Suda and uh, Kapan are only examples. There are probably numerous other examples in other states which are never heard about in Jharkhand, in Chhattisgarh, in Bengal, uh, in Karnataka, in Andhra, and various other states. And I think we need to really focus on uh, many of these states because we don't get to know about what's happening there. All right, we'll wrap up this conversation there then. Thank you both for joining us on the Hindus Parley podcast today. We hope to see both of you again soon. Thank you. Okay.